Okay, good evening everyone. It's Daishi Han Miller and we are here with tonight's episode of Kuden Radio. It's a podcast, but we call it Kuden Radio, so uh deal with it, I guess. I don't <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so uh so here's the thing, right? This episode was spurred on by yet another email that I got from someone who uh, they've been trying and trying and trying to learn and all that. And they've got this ultimate goal of setting up uh, and teaching martial arts, right? Setting up, having a school, teaching martial arts and all that stuff. So um, while I'm not going to be talking about setting up a school and teaching and all that, uh, I do want to take a look at the concept of achieving our goals and where a lot of frustration comes from. Okay. So talk about that as soon as we get back. So let's officially get started. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. And it's still my story, and I'm still sticking with it. Anyway, hey, we're back, and uh, James is lurking off in the corner. I can see him, but you can't. Uh, neener, neener, neener. So anyway, um, again, uh, if you were with us uh, before the whole intro kind of thing rolled, uh, you know what I'm talking about, uh, but I'll just recap it just to make sure we're clear. So... Uh, Goal attainment and achievement is one of these things that, you know, everybody has dreams, right? Some people have plans. A lot of people take action, right? But it's not until all those things are like synced up and going in the right direction or the same direction, right, that actually makes a difference, right? There's a whole science to this thing, right, called success, uh, whatever. And regardless of whether we're talking about earning our black belt, uh, in Nijutsu or some other martial art or whatever the next level black belt is or the whatever, whatever we see is that ultimate thing. Right. Or there's a relationship that we want to have or there's a business deal we want to close or you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of like, you know, some religions, right, where they talk about what you're allowed to do. You know, like certain things are bad, you know, before you get married and all that. Right. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. But there's little to no education about what happens after you get married. It's the same thing, right? We, at least here in the West, right, we tend to go from what my teachers used to call baby magic, right, where they light candles on a cake or you get like one of these little uh, uh, dandelions or whatever. I don't know what you might have uh, in the country where you live. that's similar, but it has this flower head. But as it matures, right, the petals fall off and then it gets these uh, tufted kind of things on. It looks like a little fur ball, right? But what they are, a little parachute kind of thing. So when the wind blows, it blows the seeds around, right? So, uh, but either way, whatever the, whatever the mechanism is, right? You make a wish, right? You blow it out, blow out the candles or blow these things or whatever, right? And your wish comes true, right? It's this baby magic kind of thing, right? And we're told about having commitment, the importance of setting goals and having confidence and believing in yourself and all these things. But it's kind of a, like a haphazard, like shit shoved together kind of thing. And we're supposed to make sense out of it. And then 
people start shoveling other crap onto us. Like, well, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Uh, you know, you're an adult now, so it's time to drop your dreams and, you know, uh, get on with life and whatever, right? And it's just, it's just one thing after another. It's either a contradiction or whatever, or there's this huge gap between make a wish, right? Want it bad enough, do this thing, right? It's supposed to be magical, right? We'll wave a magic wand and sprinkle some pixie dust on you, right? And you, you say the magic words and whatever, right? And, you know, seems right to kids because they do it or they put their tooth under a pillow and next thing you know in the morning there's money or whatever right so parents nurture the magic but then there's no real lessons for producing that kind of magic later on and again doesn't matter if it's a belt doesn't matter whatever right so if you join me before the intro started in that little pre-intro or whatever the hell it is that i do right um i was talking about how this this episode is was spurred on by another one of these emails where um and, you know, n no names, right? I just get these a lot, right? Where this person really, really, really wants to study. They really want to practice, right? But they don't have a job, have no money, but, right, they want to get all this stuff, and they eventually want to have a school and teach classes. Okay, let's just say, let's just say that I'm the nicest guy in the world. I'm not. But let's just say that I am, right? And I give them all their classes, okay? I'm going to tell you why I don't do that in a minute, right? And it's nothing has nothing to do with me being an asshole. Well, maybe half, right? But anyway, um, even if I were to do that and they were to become, you know, they earn their black belt or whatever, right? Running a school and teaching classes while they're connected are two completely different things and require not just two, but way more than two completely different skill sets. Okay. Most people, let's just start at the teaching. Most people think that because they've learned something and they have a certain color belt around their waist that they can teach. Right. This goes all the way back. And, and this stuff really started in like the mid to late seventies, this whole self-esteem movement kind of thing. Right. Um, where everybody was just, you know, kids were just convinced that, you know, when, when you grow up, you can be anything you want, right? You can do this, you can do that, whatever, right? And that is the biggest pile of bullshit that exists, right? Because you can't do anything that you want, right? There's aptitude, right? Your, your intellectual level, right? Um, they've proven that EQ, right? Uh, emotional quotient, right? Your ability to bond with and relate to other human beings um, and communicate on a, on a compassionate and empathetic level, is far more important than IQ, right? Because if IQ was was everything, right? Okay, so don't worry about not being the sharpest tack in the shed. But if IQ was everything, then wouldn't university professors be the richest people on the friggin' planet? They have access to all the all the knowledge that's ever been discovered, created, whatever, right? So there's just all this half baked shit that's floating around, right? But all kinds of aptitude, right? Running Multiple businesses, I can tell you, I had to, I had to, whether I became an expert or not, right? I had to learn accounting te techniques, right? For running a business. I had to run, learn tax laws. I had to learn uh, negotiation skills because of dealing with like signing rental leases and things like that, right? Contract law because of the memberships and things that we have. Um, 
what else? Marketing, uh, promotion, advertising, uh, all kinds of things, right? Uh, to keep the lights on so that when somebody enrolled in my program, somebody enrolls in my class, and let's say they, you know, they, they tell me their goal is black belt, right, in this particular martial art, right? Unless I die, and I'm actually working on things now so that it supersedes that, right? So things can go on even after I can't, at least in on this plane of existence, right? But um, that when I tell them, great, we can work on that, right? And we, we do up the, the membership and everything, and I say, so on or before this date, given that you do what you're supposed to be doing, right, and I'm not dead, I should be tying your black belt around your waist, right? I can make that promise because the dojo has been around since 1989. We've moved multiple times. This is the fourth iteration, something like that, because we kept having to expand size and all that, right? Um, or other reasons, but either way. So we weren't downsizing. We we're always upsizing, right? Or at least making a lateral move to a better facility, that kind of thing, right? There's a whole lot more skills to that, right? Being a teacher, there's a whole lot more skills to that than just having learned the stuff you need to learn to put the belt around your waist, right? Some people luck out. Some people, not so much, right? There's communication skills. Again, there's compassion, empathy skills. There's understanding learning types. Do you have to know these things? Nope. But you know what? They sure as hell help because if you want to be successful at it, right, there's one thing, like, again, this person, again, no names, they want to become a teacher and have a school. Wanting to have something and being successful at that thing so that it produces the results you want and lasts for longer than, for those of you on Apple Podcast, I just spit, okay? Uh, completely different things, right? But we weren't taught how to set goals. And ultimately, what this ends up doing is creating a shit ton of frustration, right? Um, you know, 75, was it, easily, 75% of businesses that start, and this is, includes martial arts schools, except the number for martial arts schools is way higher, right? The average is that uh, one in four businesses will still be in business five years after they started. Okay. So I'm way outside the curve and I don't consider myself successful yet. Okay. Cause I can't take a damn vacation, whatever I want. James won't let me anyway. So <laughs> um, it's this long-term kind of thing, right? But it creates frustration, right? Just like people that are teaching classes, are in a perpetual state of frustration because, well, whatever reasons people come up with. Students can't commit. They won't stay long enough. I can't get people to come to class. Da-da-da. Whatever, right? Well, why are those things happening, right? Um, are classes interesting? Not just educational. Are they interesting, right? Do they speak to someone's listen? Or are they speaking to me, and they're just going to have to fucking learn whatever I want, whatever it is I want to teach? Right. I get it. We have authentic stuff. I get it. I get it. But they're not enlightened yet. Right. So there's all these skills, being able to repeat all that kind of stuff. Right. So and again, do you have to learn them all? No. But what I want to do tonight is take a look at or in this episode is take a look at this idea of where frustration comes from. OK. And we're also going to take a look at because one of the biggest things that, that 
causes frustration, there's, a, there's actually three things, right? There's actually three things. There's internal causes, right? So shit I'm doing to myself, right? There's external causes. I don't understand the things that are needed, right? And there's vehicle problems. We'll call them vehicle problems, right? Not, not your car, motorcycle, bicycle, whatever, right? I'm talking about the structure at which you're using, okay? So whether it's a, a specific legal name to a business structure or whatever, or, you know, just let's say martial arts school, okay? We're, we're going to keep it fairly simple tonight because we're on or we're, we're dealing with a martial arts world, right? So we'll stay there. But this is, this is universally applied across anything that you do, okay? Just change the words and what it is that you're talking about, okay? So when I say vehicle, right, some of the things that can cause frustration is uh, I set up classes at uh, the Y, right? Okay, great, right? Well, now the Y has limitations on when I can train, when I can train, when I can run classes, how much I can charge, um, whether or not people have to be members or whatever, right? It doesn't have to be the Y, whatever your local name community center is or whatever, right? Okay. Well, what happens if your training group gets too small for you to be able to uh, pay that out of out of class fees or whatever? Well, one of two things are going to happen. It's coming out of your pocket or you're going to go freaking train somewhere else because if you can't meet that obligation, then you can't use their facility, Right. Well, I should be able to because the people need this. And, and, well, you know what? See, now now we're starting to look at internal things, right? Because I expect that people are going to be as altruistic as I'm trying to be, except that I can't change lives by giving stuff away, at least not for very long, right? Uh, but I could I could think about doing it there. I could train in my house, right? Maybe, maybe my partner and I will, uh, you know, agree that two nights out of the week cars will be pulled out of the freaking garage or I can convert part of the garage or whatever and have a dojo or whatever, um, or we'll train in my backyard or whatever. But now I'm at the whim of weather. I'm at the weather, a uh, whim of seasons. I'm at the whim of what I'm at the whim of, I don't know who the hell is coming to my house. Right. And I don't invite people to my house unless I know them. Right. So how do I handle getting people on board in a way that I can get to know them, but they don't get to know where I live until I feel safe. See, right. Or, um, I rent a place, right. And now I've got, I've got minimum expenses, phone, light, insurance, rent, those kind of things that have to be met. Right. That that's even if I don't take a paycheck myself, because that's altruistic. Okay. So, uh, what if I do that? Or what if I buy a building? I've been in all these, all these situations. Okay. All these situations. Okay. I could be renting a place. Uh, I used to, uh, let's say I used to teach classes in an Arthur Murray dance studio. I rented some space there um, in a uh, fitness gym uh, in a YMCA in another community center or whatever. Right. But again, I was always at the whim of who the current director was, uh, whether or not the business that I was renting space from stayed in business. You know, didn't go through major turmoil, whatever, didn't jack up their rates, whatever. Right. So I've been through all these different models. OK. And. I had to learn. Right. But that's what I mean by vehicle. Right. So we're not going to talk so much about vehicle today. We're going to talk about self-induced frustrations and we're going to talk about a little bit about external kind of things. Right. Because I think the biggest thing that gets in most people's way. They're not the things that people blame. 
right? Students have no commitment. So, what, human beings are human beings, right? Okay? People find the time to do the things that they really want to do, right? Um, I have this, uh, what is it, 10-week, 15-week uh, uh, martial arts instructors training program. Part of it is how to be a teacher, right? How to teach effectively. Part of it is how to manage a school and promote your classes and all that kind of stuff and whatever, right? But on the teaching side, one of the first lessons that everybody gets is that in every class that you teach, a student is either one step closer to the next belt or to their next black belt or whatever, or they're one step closer to the door. And that's dependent in large part on how you teach the class. And this is not about placating people. This is not about being a belt factory. This is not about becoming a McDojo. See, all the bullshit excuses people come up with because they're not willing to learn skills or learn about things that influence or that create the kind of environment, right? Now, again, some instructors just luck out, right? But whether they do it intentionally or they do it accidentally and they don't know they're doing it, right? Um, Hatsumi Sensei, the master teachers in Japan, right? Anybody who's become significant, right, uh, in my uh, history and whatnot, doing different martial arts and whatnot, and being exposed to different ones, right? Paul Vunak, Paulie Zink, uh, a bunch of these guys, right, that that became really, really well-known or had successful dojo or whatever, right? This is not like a crapshoot, right? They didn't just have one skill set, right? You know, Grog knows karate, right? It, it, it doesn't stop there, right? But again, we can blame all these other things, right? And even if students are fickle, right? And there, there's a percentage, right? And here's, here are the statistics, not just in our art, but across all martial arts, okay? And they did this study years ago, and they keep reaffirming it as they keep checking the polls and, and you know, surveying different schools and all that kind of stuff and just uh, surveying students that, you know, or people that used to do martial arts but then don't or whatever, okay? I'm just going to give you two. First drop-off point is in the first 100 days. Okay? First 100 days. Okay? That's, what, three months and change? Okay? So, and if you're only doing classes once or twice a week, shit, that's only, what, 12 to 24 classes. Okay? So that's the first drop-off point. And it's because people are confused or they know about other martial arts or not other martial arts, other sports, even if they haven't participated, but martial arts is like a whole new world, right? They've seen movies, they've seen tournaments, they've seen whatever, but they haven't seen the path. They haven't seen training and practice and all that. They've just, or they've seen little snapshots and they don't know how freaking tough this is going to be. Right? So, um, there's, there's that first drop off period within the first hundred days. Okay, so systems have to be put in place to make sure that students don't feel lost, aren't confused, all that kind of stuff. Right. We call it wrapping them in cotton. Right. I'm more concerned about them developing habits like coming to class on time twice a week. Right. Than I am about them mastering Ichimonji no Kata. Okay. because they have time for that. Right. Um, the next drop off is four to 11 months. Somewhere in there. The majority of people are going to start start dropping off. Why? Shit happens. Or they start seeing uh, another box of toys. 
for that belt, and then I get that, and now there's another box of toys for that, and it starts looking the same, right? One of the skill sets an instructor has to develop, well, they don't have to, you don't have to do anything, right? One of the ones that I found that I had to develop was something called disguising repetition. Because there's only like five or six principles that are done deal breakers that a student has to do, and there's certain keyhole no keyhole, fundamentals of the fundamental, that kind of stuff, right? That they're gonna see over and over and over and over again, Right. And if that's if they keep saying the same thing over and over and over again, sorry, again, they're not enlightened. Ego has a need to be entertained. Right. As a matter of fact, my Buddhist teacher, Reverend Jikai, a long, long time ago, you know, we were sitting talking about this stuff. And he said, you know, Jeff, most most people, their, their problems stem from their inability to sit naked, alone in an empty room and do absolutely nothing. They'll start talking to themselves, they'll start making up stories, they'll start looking at patterns on the wall, whatever, right? Ego needs to be doing something, right? Because they're not enlightened, okay? And for us as instructors or somebody who wants to be an instructor, to think that everybody else is going to be there for the same freaking reasons that we are and as committed as we are and all that, it's just the height of insanity, okay? It's just, it's just dumb shit, right? But either way, there's all this stuff, right? So four to 11 months. If I can get a student over that 11 months to one year point, unless there is a major life shifting event, that student is with me for a long time. And I mean years, sticky booger years, right? Okay. And they may go away because something needed to be taken care of, family emergency, whatever, life, you know, whatever, right? But they find their way back. Some find their way back online training. Some people find their way, whatever, right? But given some life-shattering or given the lack of some life-shattering kind of thing, so goal one, 100 days. Goal two, four to 11 months. After that, right, I'd have to, I'd have to really screw up, right? Because I need to get them through three different mindsets. I need to take them from a hobbyist mindset and this doesn't mean they see the martial arts as a hobby, right? But it's something they enjoy, but they have to find the time to do it. Then we got to get them from there into a recreationalist mindset, okay? That doesn't mean that martial arts is a recreation, okay? What I have to do is move them into a mindset where they enjoy the thing they're doing so much that it becomes a part of their schedule and if they miss a class, they feel like something's off, kind of like people that are gym rats and you miss a, miss a, a day at the gym, something feels off, right? If you miss what, whatever that, that routine is, right? right? If I miss binge watching the next show series on Netflix or whatever, there's something off or whatever, right? But it's something they enjoy so much that they don't find the time to do it, they make the time to do it. And then we need to get them to a lifestyle mindset. And that's a huge leap because the person shifts from time to being, right? And that mindset is, this is no longer something I do. It's so much a part of who I am that I can't not do it, okay? So there's all these things, right? Again, frustration diminishes when you understand the problem and you understand, well, 
understanding the cause of the problem is just a start because you have to act on it. Right. Right. So but hopefully you get where I'm coming from. Right. And then to say that you want to have a school. Okay. You can have a school. Just like I tell people, right, you know, that people are like, you know, I've always wanted to take martial arts. Well, shit, call up any school. I've said this before. Call up any school, schedule a trial class, go take, go jump in the class. You can, you're done. You've accomplished your goal. You have trained in the martial arts. Well, that's not what I meant. Well, then you need to be freaking more clear because vagueness begets vagueness. Vagueness creates frustration. Vagueness is born of ignorance. And I don't mean stupidity. I mean not knowing any, any better, right? Or just being lazy, right? And not doing any better, okay? Because the reality is that we create and we change our world in one of three ways, okay? The way we think about ourselves, about processes, about the world, about the connection, the way we think, our view, our perspective on things, right? And that may not affect anybody else, right? But it changes our reality, right? Because it's our perception, right? It'll make us angry. It'll make us happy. It'll make us blissful. It'll make us uh, <laughs> clueless, whatever, right? But the way we think, the way we speak, right? Which also includes planning and writing out those kind of things, right? The way we, the way we speak, right? Um, that affects people a certain way. It affects us. It affects us, our, our internal uh processing and all that, right? And the way we act, which includes the way we dress, the job, uh, not necessarily the vocation, but the way we do the job, right? Other people are going to see us for what we are, no matter what we say we are, right? No matter how pissed off we get because somebody called us a slacker. Well, why would they even do that? Well, because he's an ass. Maybe. If only one person's calling me a slacker, maybe. But three, four, five more now it's time for a mirror. Okay. So, but anyway, right. Um, so there are these external things, but the question is, if I'm going to have something long-term, if I'm going to achieve my goal, and again, in this case, teacher having a school, I have to figure out how those things work. What motivates people? What causes people to stay with something, Right. Um, and I don't mean like, again, having a McDojo or whatever, right? Uh, we have a saying in our instructor training program, right? One of the jobs of an instructor is to give a student what they want while also giving them what they need. Because what they want will keep them around. What they need is what will save their life or help them produce results. But ego doesn't, ego says it wants what it needs, but it's going to be distracted by the next freaking glittery thing. Okay. So everything changes, right? But the internal stuff, right? These internal beliefs and whatnot that we could have that could be causing the frustration. If, and if we, again, if we could just stop the blame game, right? Recognize what's needed. And then we could see, look, is it the structure because it's going to come with good things. It's going to come with bad things. And I have a lot, of, a lot of money, so I need to, like, rent space from somebody else. Okay? Is that you planning on doing that permanently or temporarily? Because, right, nothing good exists without stuff, right? I own a home. Guess what? I had to pay a 
shit ton of money for insurance. Glad I did. We had a fire. Okay. Now we're displaced, but the insurance company's covering everything. But I own a home, which means I pay the taxes on that home. If I rented, I wouldn't. The homeowner would. Okay. Same thing with certain repairs and all that. Right. So nothing great comes without the extra work. I run, a, I run an academy. I got to do things like bookkeeping and accounting and <laughs> crap that I don't want to be doing. So guess what? I found a team member to do that for me. Now all I have to do is double check and finalize things before it goes off to the accountant. Fantastic, right? Now, um, again, you know, I'm not trying to talk anybody out of doing anything, right? We just need to go in clear-headed, right? So, but we need to get out of our own way so that we can see where we and our own thoughts, planning, illusions, delusions, whatever, or failure to act or just acting in a very chaotic, non-productive way um, is actually at the root of our frustration, right? So uh, while I was thinking about this earlier today, I uh, jotted out a couple of things uh, based on in Mikio, we have these things called the four right efforts, right? And it's kind of based on that, but on, on some other things as well. But I want to take a look at um, where frustration comes from, okay? I'm going to give you four four places, right, where frustration comes from um, that's self-driven, okay? This is self-driven. This is, this is nobody else, right? I, I don't get to blame any – well, you can do whatever you want. I don't get to blame anybody else until I make sure that – I'm not the one that's doing it, okay? Because even if I hire a team member and they're not doing their job, if I'm not calling them on it or um, making certain things uh, clear, right, or I'm not willing to do the hard stuff, like replace them with someone else that will do the work, right, and I allow that non-activity to go on, that's on me, right? Because that's a fear or a discomfort or whatever that I have that's driving that thing. But what do most people do? Well, they blame, blame Susie or John or whatever for not doing the do, but my school, my name's on it. If they don't show up that day, guess who runs the vacuum cleaner? Me, because the system says that the floors will be clean and all that because people walk on it and roll on it and all that kind of stuff. So, right, ultimately it, it comes to me, right? So anyway, but again, you see, you see where I'm talking about two completely different things, being a teacher and, uh, and having a school. Because you can be a teacher in somebody else's school. Relieves a whole lot of extra pressure. But you don't get to be the guy or the girl or whatever, right? But you could also have a school, know your stuff as far as skills, come I, strikes and all that, and have that school for what? three, four months before it goes under, right? And you can blame the landlord for not understanding. You can blame students for not being committed or whatever. See, the way to – all schools have attrition. Attrition means people will leave, right? They'll leave either because it is their, their thing or because of a life-changing event or because whether you meant to or not, you pissed them off, right? The, the, the average across the martial arts world, right, is about 6% per month. Okay, so if I have 100 students this month, I'm losing losing six. Next month, I'm going to lose five point 
17, whatever. You know, you get the idea, right? Maybe somebody will leave their arm behind. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, um, but my promotion and my recruiting can't just be to take in whatever I get. It has to replace the attrition plus growth or at least to hold the same, right? So see, right? The, the skill and the way I'm looking at, right? Because again, whether I want to have, whether I ever wanted to learn marketing, accounting, and all that kind of stuff that's kept my dojo around since 1989, that's not the point. The point that drives it is I wanted to be able to make a promise to a student who enrolled in my program who had sights on black belt that if they didn't make it, it was going to be because they quit, not because I closed up shop, because I didn't have my shit together that kept the, the doors open and the lights on. Barring no pandemic, we were closed for eight months, right? I went from 55, 56 active students to nine. And here we are back around 51, 52, something like that right now, right? Um, and moving on, right? So, um, right, the, but the, there's, there's personal traits that are necessary. It's character traits, right? I'm just too damn tenacious to lay down and quit. Some people would say I'm too stupid to do it, but that's them. Okay. So anyway, so let's talk about frustration, right? Because you can achieve your goals. And that was the point of the, the thing, right? If you, if you read the little slide that we had up and all that, right? The graphic, right? Goal achievement and frustration, right? You can achieve your goals and still, up frust and still end up frustrated, right? Because I got that thing. Oh, man. Oh, man. I've always wanted to drive a Maserati. Shit. Go to a Maserati dealer and take a test drive. Goal accomplished. Okay? I promise after that day, you're really going to be freaking. If you weren't frustrated before you drove that Maserati, you're going to be really frustrated afterwards. Because you don't own the Maserati. And wanting to own and drive a Maserati as your personal vehicle is a way different goal than the vague, I've always wanted to drive a Maserati. Hmm, interesting. Okay, same thing. Always wanted to train a ninja to. Always wanted to train in martial arts. Always wanted to take self-defense classes, right? Uh, I just wish I could find somebody that loves me. Your mom loves you. Fantastic. And if she doesn't, I'm sure somebody else does. Well, that's not what I meant. Well, then fucking say what you meant. Right? Because you're never going, you're never going to hit a goal that you can't define. How the hell will you know what it looks like when you get there if you can't define it? Well, I don't know how to explain it. Well, give it your best shot and refine it on the way. Okay? How about starting by writing down all the stuff that you don't want? Right? That'd be awesome. Okay? And then what you can do with the next part is look at all the stuff you don't want and write down the opposite of that thing. Because if you don't want that, you must want the opposite to be to be true, right? Anyway, so let's talk about frustration, right? So frustration, pull out my notes here, because I don't want to forget anything, right? I'll make sure you guys get all this value out of these hour and a halves or two hours or whatever that we uh, spend boring people to death. I don't think we bore them to death, right? Um, anyway, how's that? Anyway, all right, so frustration is caused by ignorance, right? And I don't mean stupidity. What I mean 
is not knowing any better, right? That's, that's how we define ignorance, right? Not knowing any better, right? Not knowing enough about that thing, whatever, right? So way too many people define ignorance as stupidity, and then they get all offended by things, right? I'm ignorant about a lot of things, right? The workings of an internal combustion engine to start with, right? And you know what? I'm going to remain ignorant about that because I'd rather pay somebody to screw up my car and have to refix it than for me to do it. I have to spend more to refix it or take it to somebody else, right? It's kind of like, kind of like the guy that tries to fix the leak under his sink and then has to call the plumber and the bill's three times what it could have been. Anyway, so frustration is caused by ignorance and not knowing or frustration is caused by not doing what you must do. Okay, so it comes in four flavors, right? Starting from, well, it's gonna start, you'll see it starts from one kind of extreme and then moves through, okay? So, one, not knowing what you don't know, but you need to know, okay? So, I don't, I don't know what I don't know, okay? So, how do I find out? Well, I go find somebody who's successfully doing the thing I want to be doing, and I ask them. What do I need to know about that? Okay. Maybe go ask two or three of them. Okay. <laughs> this one makes me laugh because I used to do it as well. Okay, so don't think I'm on some kind of pedestal or whatever. Okay, you need to stop asking people for advice who have never done what you're trying to be successful at, and stop asking people for for advice who did it and quit at the first bend in the road and are going to try to talk you out of it. Okay, but first thing that causes frustration is not knowing what you don't know, but you need to. Second one, knowing what you don't know, but being too lazy and hoping you can get by without it. Okay, so now it's not no not knowing what I don't know. It's I know what I don't know. Okay, I know I can't speak Hungarian, but unless I've got any plans for going to Romania, Hungary, that corner of the world, probably not going to grab a uh, you know, Rosetta Stone or whatever program and study some Hungarian. Okay. So, but it's knowing what you don't know, but being too lazy to go do it and hoping you can get by without it. Okay. It's kind of like my students that don't like rolling. So they avoid rolling in mod one and mod two as much as possible and then have major frustration in module three when we're working on throws and rolls to your primary escape route. But they can't do them because they didn't do the foundation. Well, I don't like it. Who cares? Do you like the outcome? Will you like the benefits of being able to do what the skill sets will give you? Yes. Great. Nobody ever said you had to like the process. Right? If a sword could talk, do you think that it liked being heated up to a white hot temperature and being pounded on by fucking hammers and scraped and bent and all kinds of things until it became that beautiful thing that people don't even question where it came from. Same process, right? Either way, right? So one, not knowing what you don't know. Two, knowing what you don't know, but being lazy and hoping you can get by without it, right? It's kind of like a kid, right? Who breaks a rule and doesn't care if they broke a rule because, you know, as long as they don't get caught, doesn't count, right? Okay, number three, knowing what you need to know, but failing to act on it. Lots of people know the right answer, wrong answer, or whatever, right? 
I mean, I, I don't like it. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Okay. I, I, I know I need to get back to the dojo. Really? Okay. Great. That doesn't do anything. Knowing you need to go and going are two completely different things. Okay. And I'm going to talk about waiting to be motivated. Just don't like feel like it. Right. Or the emails that I get and James gets to see these things, right? Sensei, I need someone to motivate me. Well, if the law and the threat of going to prison doesn't motivate you. Or the fact that there are people running around the world that have no qualms about beating, breaking, maiming, or killing someone. And that could be you at some point. If that's not enough, I can't do it. What the hell am I supposed to say or do to motivate you? Beat the living shit out of you and say, if you don't want that to happen again, you should probably do the, <laughs> right? Chances are everybody that I would ever do that to. Well, here's a motivating thing, right? Uh, a lot of you know that I'm also a workplace violence uh, consultant in the corporate world. I do speeches and presentations, right? As a part of an opening for a presentation, what I would love to do is walk out on the stage with a firearm, with a blank cartridge in it, right? And fire it off. And then let everybody know that, you know, now we can start looking at things, right? Because now you know the state you're going to be in, probably, when the shit hits the fan. But I won't do that because chances are at least one person in every group will want to sue me or have charges pressed or whatever. Okay? Same thing, right? So anyway, knowing what you need to know, but failing to act on it. And the fourth one is acting what you know, but easily stopped by failure or slow results. Something's taking too long. Uh, you know, I failed the first time, right? I had to close the school. Uh, the dojo got pulled out from under me, like the Arthur Murray Dance Studio went under, right? And I had to find another place, right? And it took a little while, and I did. Right. But it's just right. So one, not knowing what you don't know. Right. And not finding out. Right. And you need to know these things Two, knowing what you don't know, but being too lazy. Right. Hoping you can get by without it. Number three, knowing what you need to know, but failing to act on it. And number four, acting on what you know, but just being easily stopped by failure or slow results. Right. Um, let's take a pause in here at the moment. Uh, James, any Questions, comments, anything like that popping up or anything other than people checking in and saying hi? No? All right. Fair enough. All right. So uh, I know we did a whole episode on this at one point. So maybe at the end of this and uh, we're putting end cards onto things now, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, uh, we can pop up the video that I did or the Kuden episode or whatever uh, that where we focused on the Nanakorobi Yaoki, uh, which is a Japanese. It's the formula. For success, we've got this, uh, this noden. If you've ever seen these Japanese split curtains, right? It looks like a split curtain, right? It goes across a doorway or an entryway or something like that, right? It's big, big wide thing, right? And then, uh, from the bottom up in the middle, or sometimes in multiple places up from the bottom, right? It goes about maybe halfway or whatever, right? Um, it's split and you walk through these things. Right? It's a it's a kind of a Shinto device, right? That has to do with cleansing and, and whatnot, right? Um, but we have the, one of these Nodan, right? It's blue. And it has a bunch of these uh, little pictures of these little Doruma dolls, right? Doruma, 
uh, is the Japanese, one of the Japanese pronunciations for the word Dharma, which means truth. Okay. And, um, Daruma dolls in Japan are used as, uh, success devices. Okay. That's for another lesson. I, I talk about this stuff all the time, right? But anyway, in the upper, I think it's left corner, left to right descending, there's a small banner, just a couple of kanji on it that, um, that is about success or achievement, right? And then there are these big kanji, four big kanji to go across. Nana, korobi, yaoki. Nana is the number seven. Korobi means to fall down, right? It's, it's falling down, right? Ya is another way to say the number eight. And oki means uh, up, right? Or getting up, right? So the formula for success is getting up one more time than you fell down, than you failed. So it points to perseverance, which we're going to talk about as well. And I have, uh, I have a picture I'm going to pop up for those of you who are watching the live thing and the video or you're watching on YouTube later on or whatever. For those of you who are um, on the audio only, like Apple Podcasts and, and all that stuff, uh, if you're listening on an audio podcast, uh, you're going to have to do a Google search for this thing. I'll tell you what to look up, right? But I'm going to show a graphic to everybody else, right? So there's this Nanakorobi Yaoki, right? Seven times down, eight times up. And again, what we're pointing to is this ability to keep going, all right? So, again, uh, James, is there anything, anything anybody popped in questioner-wise before I jump into this next phase? Okay. All right. So I, I'm, I'm just flying through this stuff tonight. It's probably going to be a, a, a short episode or whatever, but we'll see how things go. All right. So, so since we're on this, right, let's talk about one of these personal character traits. Okay. Motivation, right? Motivation, right? And again, I get these emails, right? I don't have any motivation. I just can't get myself around to it. Can you give me any suggestions for doing it? All that kind of stuff, right? Okay. So motivation and action, right? There's two types of people. And the way they do things and the way they relate to motivation and when they take action is drastically different, okay? And let me say that this is not a 50-50 split. It's not even a 60-40 split, 70-30 split, okay? So, one, we have the 95 percenters, okay? And I know we've all been taught to hate the 1 percenters, the 2 percenters, the 5 percenters, right? Because, you know, they should be sharing with the rest of us. Well, shit, shouldn't 95% of the freaking population be producing more? The one, the one percent, two percent, five percent, whatever. And don't give me any shit about them being corrupt and all that. Cause it's pretty freaking difficult for a handful of people to rip off 95% of the fucking world's population. Okay. This has nothing to do with, well, not that some of them aren't corrupt. I'll give you that. Right. But it has to do with the education that people have. It's, it's about the things that I already read off that cause frustration. Right. And how we're figuring out how to make things happen. Right. And even when I'm talking about getting money or being successful or having that boat you've always wanted or that big house or that car or whatever. How about just getting to your next damn black belt? Right. How about just being consistent with your training? How about just, you know, finally going to a seminar or whatever. Right. Instead of having to make excuses because the choices I make do not produce the conditions that allow me to go do those things. 
And before you tell me I don't understand, when I started in this art, I was an E1 buck private in the army making squat and having a family, wife and two kids to support as well. And I figured it out. Oh, and I lived in Germany and my teacher was in Dayton, Ohio. And if it's important enough, you'll figure it out. If it's not, you'll just be another mouth with legs. But anyway, let's get back to the 95 percenters, okay? 95 percenters don't act unless they feel like it, right? They're waiting for motivation to do something. Just not feeling it today. I'll do it tomorrow. Right. Okay, fantastic. You get my vote. Whatever's going to make you happy, sweetie. It's all good, okay? But the five percenters... Okay, and the one and two percenters and the one tenth of one percenters, okay, trust. Well, you don't have to trust me, right? Never trust anybody that says trust me, right? It's not about corruption. It's about a different principle that we have at the center of our martial art that people are not applying in every other area of their life. It's called leverage. It's called energy conservation. It's called looking at the return on investment for what I put in and the way I'm doing it, does it produce more coming back or do the results I get, is it more than what I put in? So it's nothing to do with cheating. It has to do with figuring out something called, what's, what is it in modern science now? Oh yeah, game theory. It's what operates, it's what is at the foundation of everyone's video games that they're addicted to. I don't care if it's on your damn smartphone. It's just those little freaking colored beads you're trying to line up four with or whatever, or it's Halo or whatever the hell you're playing. Okay? Game theory can be applied to everything. Okay? 95% of people, 98% of people, right, just try to figure things out. And you know what those 98% do? Yeah, they buy books or they go on and Google cheat codes. Okay? Then you got 2%. Right? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay really conservative, 2%, right? Who understand how to leverage things and are paying attention to patterns and things like that, and they start to use those kind of things. They start to figure it out because they're observing and not just in their own little bubble, right? And they start to figure things out, right? So they start to leverage things and make more headway, way more headway, okay? To the point where that 2% produces the same or more than the 98%. Right? That's why you'll watch these curves go across, right? And this is in business, this is in sales, this is in games, whatever. You'll see the high scores go across and they're doing this number, right? I'm doing, for those of you audio only, I'm doing these incremental rising kind of things, right? And all of a sudden you'll hit the top three, top four, and all of a sudden the numbers shoot way up. And then the second guy in line is way above the third guy in line. And the first number one place is way above that, right? So those two percenters are leveraging things and observing and, and, and understanding how things work so they can leverage things and produce the same amount as the rest of the people who are just doing, well, you know, it's what you're supposed to do. Really? Okay, fantastic, right? And again, it's the 98% that's looking up cheat codes not the 2% that's actually thinking and using principles and concepts and whatnot, right? And then you've got, you know, the one percenters or, 
you know, 10% of that group or whatever that's just maximizing things, right? Anyway, right? So 95%ers, they don't act unless they feel like it, okay? The 5%ers act before they feel like it. They don't have to feel like it. They're motivated by the goal and what they'll be able to do after they've acted because the outcome that they'll be able to do, the stuff they'll be able to create, is the point, is the motivation. They don't need to be motivated to go to class. They're motivated to not look into the eyes of their dying wife or kids because they were too damn lazy to develop the skills they needed to be, to be the guy in the moment to stop that from happening. Okay? They're not motivated by the right things. They're easily they're easily shit-canned by the thought of the sweat or the time or the amount of time it's going to take me. Like, I don't want to have to go from work and then drive home and get all comfortable and then have to go back out to go to class. Can't you put a class in place at this perfect time window when I'll be driving by your dojo? No, because part of my job is to teach you to be disciplined. And the way to do that is to put the schedule in place for you and let you know. If you want to train here, here are the rules of the game. I already know this stuff. If you want to know it, here are the rules. And if you don't want to do it here, then find some other place. But if I, so, you know what? Can you put a class in at 3.47 in the afternoon? Because that's when I happen to be. No. Are you high? The number of people, the number of people that send me emails, can you move to my town and teach me stuff? One guy wanted me to, like, move to his apartment and teach him across the country. I have a family. What the hell? Right? And no, I don't like that part of the world. So <laughs> I like it even less now because you're an ass. Anyway, right, so, okay, so, right, they act, be- they act before they, they like it, right? They're, again, they're motivated by the goal. They're, they're motivated by very, very different things, but they don't have to be motivated. They don't have to feel like it. What they have that most people lack is self-discipline. Okay, which this stuff points to character traits. Okay, so at the heart of frustration is one. I talk about this stuff all the way through, right? One, goals are too vague. Two, there's no clear plan of action, right? Three, there's no consistent action until the goal is accomplished, right? I'm going to do this every day from here to end. There's no consistent action. Okay. Uh, number four, they're lacking the necessary character traits for success. Okay. Number five, they're lacking perseverance and the ability to endure the hardship of enduring. This, ladies and gentlemen, is in our martial art. It's called nintai. Okay. Nintai. I guess you could you could pronounce it nin nin, but it's not right. Nintai. Uh, do I have a way to share my screen on here, James? Do you know? Because if not, I'll hold a picture up. Uh, let me see. What the hell is it? You're going to have to go. I'm going to pop you open live here so that you can tell me what the hell I'm missing. Where is it? should be right underneath your main screen. Right under my main screen. Aha, share screen. Look at that. All right. Well, let me just, I'm going to, you're going to look me, see me staring. And those of you who are audio, I'm going to go quiet for just a minute here because I need to make sure that I have the right 
thing ready to go. Should. Should, 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 should. There it is. Excellent. So that's up there. So if I go back to this and I share my screen, that's that one. Window, maybe? Aha! There it is. All right. So again, if you're, if you're watching audio only, um, or listening, watching audio only. <laughs> anyway, um, you're going to have to look this up, right? So you're going to look up Nintai, right? And you'll know that you found the right one because the first kanji character is the nin for ninja, ninpo, ninjutsu, that kind of thing, right? So nintai. So uh, for those of you, uh, James, can you see this? Is, is my screen live? Can you see it okay? Yes. Okay, awesome. All right. So this is a, this is a artwork I have hanging on the wall in the dojo, right? Um, this is on the hallway, actually, back to the changing room. So students have to pass it every damn day, okay? This was actually a, a calligraphy that was done by a former student who has been living in Japan for, man, probably two decades at least now. Uh, graduated degree in languages and all that. Lives in Japan uh, as a translator, teacher, something like that, right? And uh, his name is Caleb. Really good guy. And so he started learning calligraphy, and then he learned this art form, right, where you take two kanji, put them together. He, he did a different one for me um, that I'll tell you about. I don't, I don't have the picture because it's in storage. Um, there's there's a, a thing of three kanji, right? Um, and I'll talk about that after I talk about this one, okay? Because it's a punch in the face, right? This one uh, I found in a secondhand shop, believe it or not. I saw it, and I saw the nin kanji. My brain went, oh, you know? But I didn't recognize the second kanji, right? So I take it up, and in my best broken Japanese, right, I'm asking, you know, what is this? And nintai, nintai. Okay, great. Okay, I know this kanji, right? Uh, endurance, keep going, perseverance. Like, hi, 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 yes, yes, yes. Okay, what's this one? So, nin, tai, tai, what's this one? Huh, endurance. Keep going. And then they got this blank face. And I'm like, well, they couldn't explain it to the degree that I needed to in English, and I, you know, whatever, right? So I had to go look this stuff up later, okay? Both of these kanji mean to endure to persevere, to keep going, okay? But the Thai kanji, right, will often get conjugated, because it's a verb, where the one, um, well, they, they can both be used that way, right? But one's typically an adjective, uh, uh, which means it describes a person or something like that, right? So a ninja is an enduring person, right? So it's an adjective, it's a descriptor word. The other one's more of a verb, right? Tayudu. Taidu is the word, right? So, nintai, right? Nintai. Generally speaking, most people would look at this and would go, well, nintai, perseverance, okay? But there's a hidden meaning in this, okay? So, we all know the first one, nin, right? Enduring, persevering, keep going, okay? Second one means the same thing, but there's a little twist on this, okay? What this painting means is the ability to endure enduring right keep going enduring perseverance sounds good except it's really freaking hard and we want to quit all the time so one of the person personal characteristics one of the character traits that we need to have is the ability 
to endure the hardship of enduring. To keep going sounds really cool. It's become a cliche in the Bujinkan because Hatsumi Sensei always said it. What was always a reminder? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Till when? So you don't need to keep going anymore, which is when you die, right? But it's a cliche, the way people use it, but it's a gokui. It's an inner secret. Without the ability to persevere the difficulties, challenges, and hardships of the act of persevering, the chances of you making it are slim to none. Not zero, because you could luck out. Right? But without that, it's going to be really freaking hard. Okay? It's going to be really, really difficult. Let me stop sharing my page here. Okay. Am I back yet? Where the hell's... Where's my other... There it is. Okay. All right. Awesome. So, um, <clears throat> that's what I mean by lacking perse the perseverance and the ability to endure the hardship of enduring. Okay? This nintai. Right? It's one of the primary uh, principles within our art. Okay? So, anyway, back to Caleb. Right? Um, so this was, you know, more of a standard painting kind of thing, and it can be read two ways. Obviously, perseverance. It means in, endure. Both both kinds you mean endure, persevere, whatever, right? Okay. So there's more to it. So the back side, the ura side, right, points to a character trait. Okay. Anyway, back to Caleb. Caleb did this other kanji thing for me, and if you know anything about, um, there's this type of kanji artwork. Hatsumi Sensei does it. Uh, Takamatsu Sensei did it. That kind of thing, right? Takamatsu Sensei is one his favorite, or not favorite, his most well-known, most popular piece of artwork that he did is this one that was just four kanji. Kaju Waraku. Kaju Waraku. Okay? And if you just read it, right, and it's not supposed to be a sentence, right? It's supposed to be this idea that gets placed and it's a contemplation device. So you're supposed to look at it and extrapolate the thing. So even if I tell you very quickly what it points to, knowing that and being able to act, think, and live that are radically different things. Okay? So Kajiwaraku is the wildflowers of the meadow. Okay? And so... Not only was this a poem, but it's also the crux of the Togakure school. And it's an important principle within the Shinden Fudo school, right? This whole idea of nature, okay? But it's been expanded on, right? A couple of earlier Hayes books and maybe even Hatsumi Sensei's, I don't know if it's in his history and tradition, but it's in a couple of the other earlier books where it's been expanded so it's, having the wisdom of the wildflowers of the meadow, right? And what it's pointing to, and it's very simplistic, but um, how's that? It's, it's, it's easy to define or it's easy to explain, difficult to live, okay? So if we think about flowers, even grass, whatever, right, okay? If there's no wind, they don't move. Well, there's limited movement because they do follow the sun because of photosynthesis, and they're constantly adjusting to keep the cer a certain surface of their of their leaves at it. That's why you see 
the leaves turned up when a storm is coming through because they're protecting that mechanism from a storm. Okay, interesting, huh? Okay. Um, also, you know, most people stop learning when they learn that, well, like plants breathe in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen only in the daytime. At nighttime, they breathe just like us in oxygen, out carbon dioxide. Okay. Anyway, so if there's no wind, there's no breeze, there's no movement other than tracking the sun because that's how they eat, right? That's how they breathe, all that, right? But if the wind starts blowing, the leaves flex with the wind, but only to the degree of the force of the wind. So a light breeze, only a little bit of movement. Heavier, heavier. Big old storm, they could be laying flat on the ground. And then when the wind stops, they come back up. They don't lay down and piss and moan for the rest of their lives. Had that wind not come along, I would be a crippled dick laying on the ground. Right? They're back up. Back to life. Let's go. Unless they get uprooted and killed, there's another day. Right? But it's knowing to bend when bending is necessary. To not bend when it's not necessary. And when is it not necessary? Because I'm strong enough to handle whatever's happening. Right? So you can translate that any way you need to, but there's that. So anyway, back to Caleb again, right? So Caleb had uh, given me this artwork because he had worked with a teacher who was an artist in this particular form. And I'm, I apologize, I can't remember the name of the form of this kanji poetry because it's not, it's not like a haiku. It's not like a regular poem, right? It's just these three, four, whatever that goes there, right? His happened to be three kanji, okay? Three kanji. One was the nin symbol that was on that other form that you saw, right? One was the kanji for mu, right, which means lacking or without. And the third one was the kanji for disgrace. And the meaning behind this poem was without, right, munin, without perseverance. There's only disgrace. So that comes back out of storage, that needs to go up again, too. Okay? But people don't like to, that, that, that's too harsh. People don't like to hear that anymore, right? Because that flies in the face of what we were taught as little kids. You can be anything you want to be. No, you freaking can't. There's skills you need to have. There's knowledge you need to have. There's gumption and piss and vinegar commitment that you need to have. There's things that you must have and be willing to do and do in the right order and whatnot to even get close. And 95% of the population is not willing to do that. And that's why they're fucking frustrated. Excuse me. That's why they're freaking frustrated. We don't, get, we don't need to get pinged by YouTube, right? And if we do, we'll just pull the video down, clip that little piece out, put it back up again, and appease the gods of the social media. Um, anyway, right? So this, is not about, this is not about cheating. Cheating is what causes the frustration. Not willing to do what needs to be done. I'm lacking the character, character traits of discipline, commitment, uh, perseverance, right? The ability to let insults and bullshit slot, roll off my back, right? Like water off a duck's ass, right? Just right? 
frustrate. Another thing that my Buddhist teacher taught me, my Mikyo teacher taught me a long, long time ago, was that the things that make us angry are the ones that we fear to be the true, or to be true the most. It's what makes us defensive. Right? Or we're afraid it might be true. Because if we know it's not true, somebody called my mom a whore, right? I would laugh because they don't know my mom. <laughs> uh, and if, if they're only doing it to, to, to try to trigger me. And I'm not, resent, I'm not holding back because I really want to punch him because how dare you call my mom a name, right? I'm not even afraid that it's true. I'm not. <laughs> anyway, and who knows? Even if it was, I might go, way to go, mom. Who knows? No, I, I wouldn't do that. But you, you get the idea, right? So, but, you know, that's, that's like when I post videos and, and some jack wagon comes through and makes some kind of comment about me being old or fat or whatever. So that's what you got? Okay. What was wrong with the technique? Okay. Well, your O2 processing wouldn't last a five-minute round in an MMA fight. No shit. Self-defense situations are over in 10 seconds to two minutes, right? And two minutes is a long time. If you've ever been in something like that and it wasn't like everybody cheering on in a high school hallway or, you know, whatever. I'm not, not knocking the toughness of these guys, right? But I'm here to tell you the knowledge that you can be maimed for life or die radically changes not only your training, but your outlook. So there's that. Anyway. Hey, I just realized I've been, I've been looking at your picture over here on the sidebar kind of thing, and you're live over here. So, um, anyway, questions, comments from anybody? Uh, I people, and I'm okay with that too, because people disqualify themselves all the time. Anyway, what? Lee Davis had a comment that Rumiko once wrote Kajua Raku uh, while she was signing a book for me. I looked it up once, but couldn't get a good translation until now. Domo arigato. Doitashimashite. And the reason why you couldn't get a good translation is because it's not a sentence. It's not a sentence. Okay. Um, so, no problem. I've earned my keep for the day through a free webinar, through a free uh, podcast. Awesome. Um, bum, 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 bum. James, do you have anything to throw on top of this? Because um, I've been working hard with James on a lot of this stuff as well, and he's going through pretty much the same process that I did a long, long time ago, except he doesn't live halfway around the world from me and have to figure out how to get there because the Internet didn't exist. I know I'm going to sound like some old guy now, right, because we didn't have the Internet and we didn't. Yeah, well, you know, that may make you laugh, but what makes me laugh is taking something from my world like a manual can opener or a rotary phone or whatever, and tossing it in front of, you know, young people and watch them like monkeys in a zoo with a, with a new toy or something that they can't figure out. Right. Anyway. No, not nothing. You don't have anything either. Do you like his green hair? He's, he's doing the Joker thing tonight. Actually, we're experimenting. I didn't get mine set up yet. We're experimenting with a green screen overlay kind of thing. Uh, Cause I'm tired of you looking at my basement wall my temporary office and uh, I'm not quite ready to move into the stepson's old bedroom, even though he's going to be graduating from basic training here the last week of the month. Um, Cause you know, subject to change are all things. And 
to be adaptable is to know that and not, you know, throw a fit because something changed or an obstacle popped up last minute or this person needed this. Or, okay. And flexibility is the key to longevity. There's another character trait. Being flexible and adaptable. Because the mission matters, not the path to get to it. I mean, there could be a primary one, but if an obstacle pops up, tenacity and commitment and all that is the, is the thing that's going to drive you through it, over it, around it, under it, whatever. Okay? And when pressure hits and hardship hits and frustration and confusion hits, you better bang your drum and celebrate because that means you're doing the right things. It's the world showing you that there's something else that you need. And when you get that thing taken care of, there'll be pressure relief, right? And those kind of things, right? What, what tends to throw people, and I'm, I'm, always, I'm always impressed, right? Because um, I've seen a couple of my friends post that, you know, there was overwhelm or whatever, but they just keep going. And that's just that, just impresses the shit out of me. Right. Because. Um, just like if just like if people push back or resist or whatever. Right. Trust me, you're on the right. Well, there you go saying trust me again. Don't trust me. Um, you're on the right path. OK. Because you're irritating people. And I don't mean that you set out to irritate people. The only people you're going to irritate are ones that have already surrendered their dreams, quit followed somebody else's advice that you can't have your cake and eat it too, whatever, right? And you're doing it and showing them that they were wrong. Of course, that's going to be irritating. That's why the masses rise up and go after people that have, because it's easier to steal than it is to do it yourself. And that's the truth. But don't trust me. <laughs> Here I am laughing again. What the hell's wrong with me? Anyway. All right. Questions, comments, complaints. Shit. Look, I got broad shoulders. Right? I'm good. Okay. See, mine, mine are up here, right? James is like way relaxed. He's, I can't get mine to go down there. Of course, he's a beanpole too, so. Right. <laughs> Makes him harder to hit with Shurikin. <laughs> well, not harder for me to hit, but. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. I apologize this wasn't our normal length kind of thing, but, you know, it is what it is, right? So, um and again, you know, this Kuden, and if you want to put these kind of things into context, if you have not uh, gone to YouTube and checked out the newest video that we just uploaded, right? Uh, it's your martial arts journey, Taiden, Kuden, Shinden. It's these three aspects or three ways that this knowledge is transmitted, right? And I'm not going to step all over the video because it's like 30 minutes. It's really, really easy. I relate it. What do I do? I relate it to the Kuji. I relate it to the three aspects of a ninja, all that kind of stuff, right? So, um, but the tight end, right, is body transmission. That's what everybody wants to be doing, right? Show me the next cool move, okay? Kuden, the knowledge stuff, right? The stuff that you didn't know you didn't know that your teacher points out, little chats and all those kind of things, right? 
this void transmission kind of thing, right? But it has to do with knowledge and, you know, strategy and tactics. Some of it, some of it's still over in tight end, but it's the making sense of things, right? So the tight end is like what's written in the Densho, right? Uke Tsuki, you do Omote Ichimonji, Counter-Strike, whatever, right? Okay. The Kuden is over on the Makimono, right? That's the fuel. That's the philosophy. That's what makes the stuff work, right? But then there's this other transmission, Shinden, right? And that's what I try to do Tuesday nights, Friday mornings with my long-distance coaching people. That's what I try to also do a little bit here. If you come into seminars or what you're one of my local students, um, this happens a lot. And it's not something that I do to teach, right? I mean, it might be a little reminder, like, uh, have compassion, okay? Don't hate people so quickly because, you know what, they might not know any better. And I'd rather deal with somebody who's ignorant and not know any better that could learn a different way to do things than somebody who knows better and is just an asshole. So this kind of stuff falls into the shinden. Heart transmission, it's more of a divine, um, divine spirit transmission kind of thing, right? And it's what happens when you hang out. With your teacher. I don't mean like you have to like hang out. I just have a brewski. I don't mean that. What I mean is you're, you're in their presence and you, I mean, if, if they, if they're not just somebody who just, uh, martial arts is my life and they just had to teach, right? And the rest of their life sucks. And the only time that they're, they've got any kind of control is when they're in charge in the dojo and they're telling you what to do and all that. I mean, somebody who lives it, right? You watch how they walk. You watch how they carry themselves. You watch how they, uh, communicate about certain things or they discuss certain topics. You, um, uh, boy, all these things that I do with my teachers, right? Uh, you watch how they solve problems. You watch how they approach a problem, right? All these kind of things, right? And something else comes across, right? Something else comes across, right? So I go into it, um, I, th- I think, I think a little bit better. Well, that was just a quick summary, right? But the newest video, right? Check that out. Um, if this is something that's, for you, if it's not, then, you know, well, I'm sure, you know, when people sign on, you can see that we have like some nights we have seven people when it first starts. Sometimes we have 13, sometimes we have whatever. And I think they thought that, you know, I'd be in the dojo like showing like, you know, uh, for those on audio only, I just did some goofy martial arts shitty kind of thing that people do. I just didn't do all right <laughs> thing that people do. Right. Um and it just, that's what they're looking for, right? Because that's what they think martial arts is, right? And it's not that that's not fighting, and it's not that that's not an aspect, because you might have to, right? But what guides your life and helps you choose when you will and when you won't, right? What was the character of the major influences in your life that led you to choose to be this what major fears or inspirations or motivations or whatever led you to make the choices you make i don't know sensei if you were me what would you do not you based on what you told me and i can only assume is filtered and one-sided because that's how most people operate, I would do this, this, and this. But I'm telling you this, having not been there, not been in the experience with my own experience, knowledge, 
and and you know uh, uh, ways of doing things right or processing things right and from your you know whatever right but let's just start off really really quickly and really get this out of the way right one i'm not you and two i wasn't there okay so what you get after that is not advice to go do this thing i just said you asked me how i would have handled it given the information that you provided that's very different from Please tell me what to do. People that ask to be told what to do, again, 95 percenters want somebody else to blame when that falls short because they probably won't go do it the way they were told to do it because there's stuff in there that they don't like. Not my fault. My job ends at correctly and authentically passing on the lessons. That's where my job stops. That's where my teacher's job stopped. And that's where we are. So, still nothing? Uh, Julia said lots of good in this vid. I may review it again. I hope so. I Every time I do lessons, I always tell students, watch it or listen to it. Three times. One, just go through it. Okay? Certain things will pop up anyway, right? But just go through it. Next time, go through it and listen for things to pop up that you know you need to explore. Okay? Write those things down. The third time you go through it, now you have these things that you will study, ponder, whatever, and tune into that. So next time you listen... Don't just fast forward to where that was said again. Listen to the whole thing and see how many lessons rise to the surface that point in the direction of doing those things. But shit, most people can't even tune in and listen to the whole thing once. So if you can do it twice. Well, you know that saying? In the in the lion of the blind, the one-eyed one-eyed man is king, or the one-eyed woman is king. Okay? The fact that some of you guys are on this on a regular basis puts you in the top one-tenth of one percent of the population already that can commit to anything. Anything. I don't want to be one of those people. Well, shit, you already are. Just because you're not filthy rich doesn't make you a one percenter. You're even better than that, a one-tenth of one percenter. Okay? And this is not about having a big ego. This is not about... You know, me saying that you have to be or me thinking that I'm better than everybody else. It's not. Confidence is not arrogance. Arrogance is believing you're better than everybody else. Confidence is knowing that nobody else is better or above you. Even your mentors. I've sat down with mentors expecting to learn, right? And they whipped out a notebook and started asking me questions and writing down things because it was a recognition that I'm going to them for certain things because they're really, really good at that. But that doesn't make them good at everything carte blanche. Let me tell you how confusing that can be. Wait, 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 wait. No, I have questions. <laughs> um, anyway, so it all works out. Anybody else? 
Lee said he will have to watch this one like the last one many times. Well, I'm glad that you have lots of time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Take this stuff in chunks, right? If you if you, if you just strip out the audio, right? What well, the good thing about YouTube is you can watch to a certain amount, right? And then um, save it to your library or whatever, right? And then when you go back, it starts where you left off, right? Now we're going to do you one better because we're trying to help everybody out, trying to help the brothers and sisters out. Um, what we're going to be doing is micro chunking these things down into five to 15 minute segments where I'm covering a given thing, right? So somebody can just do that. Um, or we'll be posting social media posts and things like that. And I'll discuss something and then say, you know, it's over here and it's at, and we'll give you the timestamp. So when you click on the timestamp, it'll jump right to the video at that point, right? But don't be lazy because you're waiting for us to do that. Okay. We process a one and a half to two hour kuden every freaking week. We process a 30 to 45 minute whiteboard Wednesday every freaking week. And we're now adding two to three more videos per week going up, not counting past articles that we're trying to get recirculated and updated and stuff like that. New articles I'm going to be writing. I'm in the process of writing three books. I've got to pick one of them to just dedicate all my time to. That's probably going to be the workplace violence one at the moment. But, uh, you know, all this stuff, right? So um, do what you can. But if you strip the audio out, you can run it through a free program called Audacity. Some people some people say Auda City, something like that, right? But it's Audacity, right? Um, and it's an audio editing program. You can pop it in there and then just chunk it down and save those chunks as, you know, Kuden 116 Part 1, Kuden Part, you know, whatever. However you want to do it. But um, you can actually run that through. James has way more experience with that because he's the guy I go, James, can you work your magic? I'd really appreciate it. Right. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, anything else? Uh, Julian and Tori both liked and shared the Facebook, which is awesome. Fantastic. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Okay. We certainly do not have the tens of thousands of subscribers that other people have. Um, not that we won't at some point, our next big goal, right. Um, to do certain things, YouTube has drastically changed since the last time that I was uploading like a ton of videos. Um, and so I used to be able to like on the video, put a link. So if I was sending you over to grab a worksheet or a free ebook or whatever, a report that I did or whatever, just put this little thing on it. You can just click on the screen and go over it. Right now they have those little gray cards up in the, in the right hand corner or whatever. Right. And um, there, there are certain requirements now for me, even though I should have been grandfathered into things. But see, I wasn't. So I'm not going to bitch and complain because I wasn't. James and I just had a meeting and I went, we need to have this and we need to have this. So how do we make that happen? Right. So um, the first prerequisite for being able to now I could put those cards up there, but they all they'll all just point to. Um, videos that we have on YouTube or whatever. What I want is the ability to link to the website to send you over. Cause right now you have to go down to the description section and click on a link that we put there for a worksheet or to go check out a program or whatever we're doing. Right. So I have to keep going, check the, and it's not there now because we're doing this live, right. Within the next 24 hours or so, we'll have a description thing in there with other things and whatever, sending people over. What I want to have for the lazy, cause 
My students are not enlightened, right? They won't do things just because they should. Most have to be baited, right? So I need to get those little freaking blocks up there, right? Cards, whatever they're called, right? And to do that, there's two, two prerequisites to qualify. One, I have to have at least 1,000 subscribers. We have a little over 1,500, so one down, right? The second one now is I have to have 4,000 hours of watch time within a given year. So in the last 12 months, the stuff that's counted before we really started rolling stuff out again um, is only what? It's under 1,100, right? We're at 1,060, 70, something like that, right? Yeah. Give or take, right? So in essence, we have to quadruple what we have, right? So, and again, just like I've told people the last couple of days, I'm not suggesting anybody do anything like, you know, it's a, it's a moral ethical thing for me, right? Um, I can't do anything about what you do, but I'm not telling you to start the stuff and let it run while you're doing work or whatever. But, you know, if you haven't caught up on some of the videos or whatever, or share it around to people so they could see it, whatever, right? Um, we just got to get the watch time up so I can fully activate these other tools. And then James and I can do this other stuff that makes everybody's life easier, right? Um, so that's, that's like a next goal, right? So again, this goes back to the not knowing what you didn't know, right? Um, you know, I was processing these videos and then it became time to pop the cards up to send somebody over to the website and I get to it and I go, well, shit, why can't I make that work? And then I go, what do I do? I go, look it up. Okay. Never once did the words, well, that's not fair, pop into my head. Oh, well, they changed things. Okay, if I'm going to use this platform as a vehicle, as a tool, then here's the rules of the game. Okay, so I'm asking everybody's help. And if it's not your cup of tea, don't do it. Right. But and if there's things that you want me to teach on, um, did I bring them with me or leave them at the dojo? Because I just outlined, what was it, James, 20 new videos. That's a whole series. Right. How can I train if I don't have money? I don't have time. I don't have space to train. Uh, my wife won't let me. Whatever. I mean, there's like 20 of them that I outlined, right? Um, yep. I think I left it at the dojo, right? And that was on top of the other 40 or 50 that I've just freaking outlined for staff and sword and knife and all kinds of other things that we're going to be doing on top of Whiteboard Wednesday and this stuff and whatever, right? Because I just want to get a shit ton of information out to folks. Uh, you know, and I want to help you out as much as possible. Of course, I want to drive traffic to the website because if people don't know that it's over there and don't know what we have, then whatever, right? And at the moment, I don't want to throw a bunch of money at Facebook and YouTube for ads because I personally think they're annoying and I bet you do too. So whatever. But don't be surprised if they don't pop up every once in a while, right? So because um, it's the way the game gets played, right? But the more I can give value and get things moving so you know share stuff around um you know and and instead of just like clicking to share in the little description tell people right why is you know your friends better than i do right why would they even want to watch it if you just throw it up on the freaking timeline it's just something else like i need to scroll past right why even if it's just i was watching this this really hit me like a rock i don't know if i'll do it for you or not because he said a whole bunch of other things but Right. What was the highlight for you? What was the aha moment for you? What's the reason you're sharing it with your partner or your friend? Because wait, you guys, you know how social media works just like I do. 
it's really freaking easy to hit the like button and the share button and do nothing else. And unless it's dancing monkeys or dogs falling off chairs or whatever, right? people have a hard time doing anything because they're incapable of sitting naked alone in an empty room doing nothing. So they'll waste an hour and a half sitting on the toilet that could have taken a 15-second peek, right, because they got lost in the scroll. All right, that's all I got. Uh, at this point, if you're watching on the recording, an end card will be popping up, right, uh, and it might direct you to the website for something, uh, like we're going to start uh, reminding people that we have these uh, free reports and some other ebooks and other programs and stuff like that. Uh, end cards will have... Um, Probably because we're doing Kuden, um, a previous video thing. It'll have, you know, some other related stuff or whatever, right? So, um, but if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, that would help us as well. Even though we're beyond the thousand threshold, right? Um, YouTube measures all that stuff and determines what people see as valuable, and that's what determines what shows up on your homepage when you sign in. Uh, what shows up as suggestions after you watch one, all that kind of stuff, right? So, right, If you, the more you understand about how the thing works, the better. And it's the same thing, right? The more we understand the way the human system works, physically, mentally, emotionally, through needs, weaknesses, desires, those kind of things, the easier it is for a ninja to accomplish their goals. Because it's not you're, you're not, you're not fighting the current swimming upstream. Okay. As, as the description goes for those who are testing for fourth Don in my curriculum, you will know where they will be when they get where they're going. So instead of chasing them or hold, trying to hold them down or screaming at them or whatever, you simply meet them there. Right. This is this is a very, very powerful system. Right? And the sooner people can see it as something more than just another martial arts option among martial arts options, the more powerful they will be. Well, at least I hope so, anyway. I had a teacher say that to me before. <laughs> I think so. Well, I hope so, anyway. <laughs> All right, that's it. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, I'll talk to everybody again next time on, where the hell are we? Kuden, that's where we are. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.